welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast. Welcome to the Film Geezers. Uh, I know it's been a while, but we're back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rob. I was, I was, I'm uh, joined by Cheeto. Hello. And I'm excited to announce a new member of our Film Geezers family, <laughs> Yobi. We're branching out, boys. Hey up, hey up. <laughs> and today we're joined by uh, a regular guest, it seems, Soup. Hello. Back again. So, also known as Soupy Soups, right? Yeah. So uh, do you want to just remind people what you where they can find your content yeah and um you can do. find me mostly on tiktok because i am shocking at managing every single other thing i'm on um so yeah tiktok tiktok mostly youtube as well um where i'm just uploading deleted scenes from films tv do i do fact videos stuff like that um so yeah find me there nice uh, yeah same again just just on tiktok and youtube um what's your handle uh, I'm at I'm Yobi One on TikTok and Yobi One on YouTube. So I guess that's a lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, mainly Star Wars. I'm going. To, I'm trying to uh, branch out. Okay, so today we're going to be discussing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which we had the fortune or misfortune, depending <laughs> on how you feel about it. Fortune to see it um, last week. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a discussion about it's going to contain spoilers, so that's a warning. And then we're going to maybe have a discussion about um, the wider issues in Hollywood regarding franchises and the failure of them and the seams at the moment. Indiana Jones and the Dow of Destiny is the fifth in the Indiana Jones franchise. It comes <laughs> after Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is all back in 2008. So that's 15 years ago. So it's a big big gap between I know it was a gap between Last Crusade and Crystal Skull but again it's a gap between Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny so where do you start plot so it starts off in 1944 with the Nazis capturing Indiana Jones and Oxford archaeologist Basil Shaw who we've never heard of in any of the other franchises <laughs> yeah. they attempt to retrieve the Lance of Longinus which is the uh, Lance that was used to I think it was Christ, Christ yeah. basically, yeah. from a cast in the French Alps. Astrophysicist Jürgen Voller informs his superiors that Lance is fake, but he's found the half of Archimedes' dial, an anti-Kythera mechanism built by the ancient Syracusan mathematician Archimedes, which re he said reveals time fissures, allowing for possible time travel. So basically, Jones escapes onto a train for with looted antiques and frees Basil, he obtains a dial piece and the two leap from the train just before the Allied forces derail it. Then we fast forward to 1969 where an elderly Jones is basically a professor at Hunter College. He's living alone in New York City. Marion's left him. His son Mutt has died in Vietnam. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and he's just about to retire. Um, Jones' goddaughter, uh, archaeologist Helena Shaw, that's Basil's daughter she visits unexpectedly claiming she wants to research the dial um the jones and helena 
retrieved the dial half from the college archives and basically they're being chased by volatile accomplices uh, he's working for NASA at the, at the time and the CIA um, and it basically it's a romp around the world to try to find the other half of the dial mm -hmm. various chases various action and then right at the end they end up actually traveling back in time back to Archimedes or in Syracuse where the Romans are just invading Sicily um, and they managed to uh, they stop the invasion they help it they help yeah, it. They definitely help it, yeah. yeah so yeah uh, and then they managed to get back to present day and that's basically it really in a, in a nutshell um, so what do we think about the story for a start uh, as the resident um, super fan, I'll let Soup go first. Um, I think the story was... Oh, I don't know. I, I would say it was solid, but there was there was flaws in it, and there was parts that I wouldn't have done. Like, um, obviously... You've given a spoiler warning, haven't you? But yeah. Marion yeah. was underused in the film. Yeah. I thought. I thought that she sh they shouldn't have uh, sort of used Mutt's death or him divorcing Marion as a sort of point. And they mentioned it a few times that obviously he's upset and that's why he's like sort of the way he is. But um, I actually think they should have just said that Mutt was just away and not used his death as like a like a force because they've made that as his last film. They've tried keeping it sort of upbeat because it's not there's no sort of other depressing factors in the film other than like oh my son's died and my wife's left me and I feel like that sort of clashes with the to like the rest of the film because the rest of it is just sort of it is just like you said like a romp around the world but it, it's light hearted for the mm. most part there's not one one part which I thought wow that's sad other than that mm. oh, I agree with everything you say um, for me personally I thought the, the story was Okay, I'd mm. say. Um, just the fact that I mean, every every Indiana Jones film is a MacGuffin at the end of the day, isn't it? But I feel like <clears throat> in this one personally, there's obviously two MacGuffins, and that's all it was was just two MacGuffins. There's nothing else added to the story whatsoever, yeah. and I didn't feel any of that Indiana Jones magic you usually feel. Mm -hmm. And all it was, it, it's the same problems with Rise of Skywalker, where that's just about a MacGuffin, and there's nothing else to it, and uh, you just see their journey to um, gain said MacGuffins and, yeah. and like I said there's just nothing else to it uh, so yeah I thought they kind of fell flat with the story but that's just my opinion yeah I thought it was trying way too hard to be <clears throat> an Indiana Jones movie if that makes sense at all like they've added all these aspects to the movie that we've seen in the previous movies to try and almost like relight a fire mm. and like try and get back to what it was but yeah I, I just think it was trying too hard to get all these aspects like, and shove them in what is it like a two hour movie shove them into the two hour movie and three hours mate yeah it was, but it was it's almost crazy. three three age like it's 80 still, years isn't it yeah. still it's, they, they're just trying to shove all these aspects into the movie and um, it, I think it was kind of lost well I, I, I feel like they, they tried so hard in 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 trying to be different or, or whatever and, and they, they kind of lost sight of, of what an Indiana Jones story should be um, mm -hmm. 
and at the at the end of the day, like I said, um, in them trying so hard, they they felt completely flat because yeah, it is just about oh, Indy's gonna get this, oh, Indy's gonna get that, and it's just there's none of that. I, I didn't feel any of that Indiana Jones magic really at, at, at times, and it's we, we're talking about this the other day. It's always hard when um, you have Indiana Jones. The the thing with Indiana Jones as a character in a film is they've you instantly write yourself into a corner because everybody expects Indiana Jones to be um, K-popping, you know, going after uh, maybe a, a, a archaeological artifact or whatever, and it's really weird to see him in like the sixties, like riding a subway. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's not the film's fault because, of course, it's not it's, it's our perception of the character, but it just yeah, they kind of wrote, even in that nineteen eighty one, they kind of wrote Indy to be a certain way to be uh, in a certain sort of uh, setting and it, I just found it really odd and it, to me those parts helped me think like tr- struggle to think that this is an Indiana Jones movie because yeah normally we're used to seeing him go into a cave getting the idol and yeah, yeah we're seeing him just, just seeing him in a city like it kind of mm. blurs the fantasy of like Indiana Jones himself. And I understand that change for characters is good, um, uh, but with Indiana Jones, I, I don't think he's that type of character. Um, and this is the thing, on paper, maybe maybe it does sound like a good idea, you know, we'll put Indy in a different setting, he's obviously much older, um, things are going on. I for that reason. Um, I just, I, I get why they did this thing, I get why they did it, 100%, yeah. I get why they did it, but for me, it's just Indiana Jones should always be... Uh, in some weird location where it would be uh, in India fighting the thuggy cult or, or getting the gold, uh, the golden idol or, or you know I did find yeah. it weird that he wasn't living because he lives in his dad's house doesn't he from in Crystal Skull you right. see that he's obviously inherited um, Henry Jones Senior's mm. house I, I believe and I he's, mean, in, yeah, he's, he's in that sort of suburban yeah. village or not yes. village but like the town I don't understand why he's moved from there like they, I don't think there was any point in it that explained why he switched colleges or why he changed like where yeah, he was. That's, that's, a, that's a valid point. Yeah, um, they, they they didn't really explain did, that. Did, so. did they? Did not really. No. no. I mean, maybe it's just to illustrate where he's where he's actually found himself. Mm. Yeah. He's you know he's he's just recently retired. He's living alone in an apartment in New York. Mm. You know, and it's kind of he's down on his luck and yeah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, they they mainly did it for the plot. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. You know the. The Moon Day Parade. They had to get into New York somewhere. To, they had to get yeah. him in there somewhere. So you know, Indiana Jones always follow a formula. Like, like mm. you say, she tells that it's the MacGuffin, and then you know he's pursuing the MacGuffin, usually chased by Nazis or Soviets or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then in the end, he gets it, but never gets to keep it. And then yeah. he kind of does follow that, but I don't know. It just. Just to me, it just didn't yeah. feel like an Indiana Jones movie. And like I said, it's not their fault. I, I actually applaud them for trying to do something different. But with Indiana Jones... Uh, well, they tried it with Crystal School, didn't they? With this interdimensional travel. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. this is like time travel. And maybe that's where they could have just... I think that, when that leaked, I think that put a lot of people off. Yeah, I think it's possibly. just a bit too far. Well, listen, this, yeah. isn't, this is the thing, right? Indiana Jones is fantasy at the end of the day. And... Um, you know, obviously in the first one, it's the Ark of the Covenant with with sort of spiritual powers. Um, 
and then you've got voodoo and voodoo the thuggy cult and then you've got in in last crusade the holy grail with once again those those powers Mm. um but to me it always seemed plausible as in terms of you know there's there's actual written they were always religious artifacts exactly and the thuggy cult was a real thing whereas they they did it in kind of crystal skull Of, of course spielberg and Ford didn't want to do Aliens, George Lucas did, great writer he is apparently, um, and Aliens just, Aliens and Indiana Jones just doesn't fit, and to me, time travel in Indiana Jones just doesn't fit, because we all know time travel is completely impossible, and then, even with the, I think the reason why King of Crystal Skull works a bit more is because once again, there's, there's you know, legends of, of Aliens, you know, there, there's, there's that thing of there might be aliens like there might be a, uh, a holy grail that we don't know uh, an ark of the covenant where it's just time travel is just where it's scientifically impossible it just seemed so far-fetched to me and it just didn't belong in an indiana jones movie in my opinion there's a scene where they find um archimedes tomb yes and he's wearing a watch mm. and there's mm. a symbol of a, a propeller on the yeah. outside yeah. of his tomb so that suggests that because at the end of the film they travel through a time fissure in a bomber and they crash and Archimedes ends up taking uh, Voller's watch mm-hmm. and obviously that depicts the plane yes yeah. so that sets up like a time paradox yeah. then mm-hmm. as well which is kind of not explained and how yeah. how them being there hasn't changed the future and obviously Cause I, I think it yeah. was like semi explained where Archimedes was trying to because you see he's got an incomplete dial doesn't he yeah in, in <clears throat> when they travel back that fissure that was in the future was always meant to go back to 212 BC yeah. yeah so that I mean he says Eureka when he finds out how mm-hmm. he actually made this dial or whatever but like what you said about the paradox I yeah. think you, you think of some of the greatest time travel movies of all time yeah. Back to the Future is that I mean, they're all full of paradoxes but this is the thing though I was yeah. about to say that that you can kind of overlook a paradox in Back to the Future because it is generally a, a brilliant film. Yeah. Whereas, uh, uh, yeah, for that Marty McFly almost fucks his mother. Yeah, of course, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas in a in a in a weaker film, I don't. I think no. it stands out a lot more as just lazy well, writing. That's just being a nerd and you just kind of pick holes in something. I don't know. Probably, that's probably what it is. Like, just click on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> I mean the anti-kai theory did exist, but it was used mm. to predict like motions of planets and things. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that they it's were about like star alignment. Yeah. And so, stuff like, like, they, so, how do you travel back in time? They had this notion of time fissures, and you know, that's like complex, um, like nuclear physics and all yes. that kind of stuff, isn't it? And um, quantum, I, 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 quantum, I do think and the. Things obviously the time travel thing like you've all said and we've all said yeah it's far-fetched i'm glad that they sort of tried explaining it with mm. with the antikythera instead of doing oh it's a dial and you click a button and it teleport like do, do you know what i mean like teleports you back in time or something like there was some sort of logic yeah, that you could do that to be fair but yeah it's still completely far-fetched um even so that it makes like king of Chris's skull story seem all, all, bit... i think all of them even if they are like grounded in reality um, obviously stuff like the Holy Grail and Voodoo it, if I put them all next to each other I still don't think the time travel's too far-fetched I just think they've gone slightly I just don't think I, time travel belongs yeah. in, in an no, Air Jones I, movie I, as know. did Aliens yeah as did Aliens oh, yeah. you know because 
Crystal Skull was good, good, good. I thought I actually really like Crystal Skull, and then it just gets to the alien bit like right yeah. in the climax, and then you're like, okay, I don't believe this anymore. <laughs> um, I think that's sort of what Died well, of Destiny I, did. Well, I, I think this is the thing with with the um, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the Shankara Stones, and the the Holy Grail. At the end of the day, Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, you know, mm-hmm. and these are the things that you'd expect like a archaeologist in a fantasy film to go after. You know, not a time traveling device. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I just think that they shot themselves in the foot with with putting this the, the time travel plot in an Indiana Jones movie because it just to me I just can't put two and two together. But like I said, that's maybe my opinion. Of course, other people will will like that aspect of the film. But um, overall, I just I just with the writing terms, my overarching like sort of opinion is I just think it's weak writing really that lets this this film down because there's there's some good things that this film does but yeah it's just weak writing and always maybe not always explaining um or maybe moving the plot on and not explaining certain aspects of the film and you're just sat there wondering yeah. what's going on sort well, of thing it's like you introduce these characters that you've never heard of before yes like, like basil shaw and then he's in it for a little while and he's kind of sidelined yeah never mm-hmm. spoken about really do you think he if John Hurt was still alive, that would have been Ox, um, Oxley on the train. Like, do you think it Is would that have been too him? Too much like Crystal School, though. Yeah, that's what I Possibly. thought. But I didn't know if some of the characters were replacements. Mm. For obviously, but the thing is, yeah. it's kind of like a duplicate, isn't it? Because yeah. Oxley, he literally devoted his life to finding like the Crystal Skulls and yeah. all, all about this. Mm. And you got Basil; he devoted his entire life about the Antikythera, and um, so I think it's just a duplicate, and it's and obviously Ox. Was um sort of was he was he Mutt's godfather or did yeah. you just sort of look out for yeah, him? He was, yeah. yeah. So you think if if they had had the original? Because think Marion married a fighter pilot, didn't she? Yeah. Did he, did he die in the war? I and think so. so and then, I yeah, think it's ex- yeah. I think Fox like fathers him. Yeah. Um, I think if Shia LaBeouf was back in it and John Hurt was still alive, I think I could have seen something similar. I agree. I, mean, I would, think he would have been in it. Yeah, I think Mutt would have been in Helena's place and. Um, Ox would have been in uh, Basil's place, and I yes. think I mean it would, like you said, um, it would be too much like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But I think that would have sort of given it, given it more connection to the yeah, other yeah. films, and it would have given it a bit of credibility from it being and a in bit a, of a sequel. Bit, yeah, it's but just like this: this girl shows up out of nowhere. That's the thing. If mm. if if Mutt was still alive, then Marion would still be together, and obviously she'd probably go with him anyway, and then it would be like the same sort of cast mm. obviously minus Ray Winston yes um, so yeah I, I, I sort of do applaud them for trying something new well there are, there are scenes in it that kind of are similar to other like there's the scene with the bugs in the which is it's very similar to Temple yeah yeah and there's a few scenes like that mm. that are very similar to so is that just for is that for the nostalgia it's is like a greatest the, hits oh, yeah. isn't it yeah I, I think they they tried to push your buttons with the nostalgia like they introduced the new uh, young lad character who's pretty much a duplicate of uh, yeah, uh, Teddy that's Helen's yeah. sidekick he's pretty much a duplicate of yeah. yeah he's short a duplicate round. of short round yeah. even the way that Helena meets him yeah. is the exact same way that Indy meets short yeah. round um, even with the um, the tuk tuk uh, you know when they're on the running yeah. scene that entire scene is exactly the same what they like do. The chase out China. The chase, yeah. Shanghai. And uh, so I, I think they're trying to 
kind of pull, pull your pull your strings a bit, like oh this is like trying try to remind you that this is an Indiana Jones film, even though it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> Thing is with Teddy as well, and him being short rounds duplicate. Short rounds, you sort of see that he starts off a little <laughs> pickpocket, and he's a bit of a little shit. Mm. And you see him when they're playing uh, cards, he's cheating and stuff like that. But Teddy is still like there's no redeeming for he still pickpockets like yeah. he, ta- he takes yeah. his watch off of him mm. which was his dad's and he's like give it back um, well, it's a story arc isn't it and, and once again that goes down to weak writing yeah again. they well, didn't I think, yeah. I, I, I think they could have just dealt with him differently well it was written by Jez Butterworth John Henry Butterworth David Cope who David Cope who actually written uh, some of the other uh, films as well and James Mangold wrote some of it so, so it, was it? They had the original script in what twenty sixteen seventeen. Um, I think it was. Was that when Spielberg was still set to direct well, I think it? Up until twenty twenty, Spielberg was going to direct. Oh, was it up until then? And yeah. Then um, I don't not sure whether it was to do with Kathleen Kennedy, or, but he decided to hand over to a younger director, mm. so maybe had a, a younger vision. For right, the film, yeah. and James Mangold has just come back off the back of um, Ford versus Fiat for oh, yeah, yeah. got an Oscar nomination, I think, for that, and I think that's why he got the job for yeah. it. Well, this this sort of goes well, into we're kind of yeah. I mean, we've we've got we've we've got little categories here, but we've kind of covered them all. A lot that's fun. We can go we can yeah, go into the directing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember before the director was announced, we were talking about this, and we said that we'd love if Spielberg is not doing it, even though he should direct every Indiana Jones movie it should be James Mangold because um, he's such a great storyteller you know he's, he's the way he films action as well um, and I don't really think he's had a bad film really I remember the, the, the first film of his I saw was Three Tens of Humour that's a, that's a great film and you know his, his sort of repertoire speaks for itself and he's just got a very um, sort of directing style that's, that's maybe from years ago like, like in mm. in the Spielberg classic era and uh, I thought that's one of the, one of the best things they could have done because I reckon if it wasn't for James Mangold this movie would be an app, like every everyone would have hated it you mm-hmm. know um, so that's one of the maybe the only redeeming factors of this film was the fact that James Mangold directed it because he just gets it you know like I said it's it should be Indiana Jones it should be um, Spielberg directing an Indiana Jones movie but if it's not him, then I thought they got the the, you know, the James Mangold on as as that's a good choice that they made. He um he did what like he did the best he could. Yeah, hundred percent. I think obviously that he got that probably off of Ford v Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Well, obviously Logan as well. And Logan, because obviously that's an, that was meant or supposed to be the ending of Excellent. a character. Yeah. Um, with obviously them killing off uh, Wolverine. And then they probably thought, oh, well, this is Indies. This is meant to be Indies' new swan song, even mm. though Crystal Skull was meant to be it, even though Crusade was probably the last one. And then mm. they thought, um, what not? Um, and yeah, he just sort of. I don't think he dropped the ball. It, no, the not film at all. was missing that sort of Spielberg, like, uh, what would you call it? Charm, like charm. Magic. So, like, do you know, like, he obviously has those, like, panning shots, they're all yeah. one takes. There was not much of that. It was all quick cut, sort of. It was like the the main action scenes were good. I thought, mm. but um, yeah, it, it definitely they did the best they could. Because I don't well, know, don't know many other directors who would. No, have. certainly not. And I mean, with, with a director, um, 
obviously he he uh, did a bit of writing for the story himself, but I'm guessing it would have been David Corp and, and the other guys who would have written most of the, the screenplay. Mm-hmm. You can only do so much with a screenplay. If you're a director, you get a you get a script. It's your job to put that onto screen. So it's not necessarily the uh, Mangold's fault, you know, because no. we all know this is the thing: the ability Mangold have has he he could easily make another masterpiece if he wanted to, yeah. you know. And uh, once again, I know we keep an eye on it, but maybe that's just down to, to weak writing again. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because when you get a coup such as James Mangold, you know, um, you better ha- you better make sure that it's a good really good script because you know he'll he'll bring that to the movie screen even effortlessly. so I saw a, it was an interview yesterday with um, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer mm. and he was saying that it was something to do with him being like lax on scripts like he's not going to push scripts as much if, if the story's still lacking he still produces masterpieces but obviously I, I don't think in his entire sort of library there's one sort of terribly like terrible stories you know what I mean I think the, the weakest I think personally is still um, The Dark Knight Rises but to I'm so glad you said Rises <laughs> you added Rises I, onto that because my heart sunk then but um, yeah no, I, I, I was thinking I'm like going from my head of like big directors who are still around that would do it like could, could have done indie and you think Nolan probably wouldn't have James Cameron, not his sort of thing. Uh, and he's doing like 20 of Avatar movies. I was going to say, he's like on Avatar 26 at the moment. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a very small pool um, of directors that, that would even, to be fair, even take the job. You know, Indiana Jones is one of the biggest film franchises of all time, one of the most iconic characters. And, and if you take that on as a director, you also take uh, all them years of baggage you know and for him to step up and say I want to do this uh, to be confident enough to say I want to do this and, and you know pr- probably knows that he's put himself in the firing line because fans are so yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, a massive ask because mm. like he Indiana Jones has got such a unique style to it and only like you said earlier like only Spielberg could have like taken a script and then right, let's take out the aliens a bit of Kingdom of Crystal Skull Standalone movie, it was a good movie, but if if you're looking at like uh, in like the individuality of like Indiana Jones, Mangold took it and he did what he could with it. Mm, yeah, and uh, like like you said as well, like his action style, it's like very, you know that that Spielberg almost like charm to it in it. Yeah, like I said, he's definitely a a director who directs like he's in in the wrong decade. As a, as a good thing you know I'm sure you give it a few years and there'll be interviews coming out saying about how they changed this and that yeah. oh uh, Spielberg will give his side a bit Ford because no matter how bad the film was I still thought Harrison Ford was like on like I still thought Indy was brilliant in it at least he seemed like this thing but, I thought he got a little bit sidelined do you think I yeah thought, I think yeah, they I were thought, pushing Helena a lot that, a lot more character I think was more the sort of stronger yeah. well I driving character and I think he was kind of now you think for, bit, yeah. yeah well you said it, though that that uh, there's rumours that they're going to do a Helena yeah. got TV show that's, 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 that's like, probably why they're, they're sidelining Indy but like I said in Indiana Jones movie no matter what you're doing well, thing to do, there was an it, interview so. with James Mangold and he was talking about a possible sixth film mm. but then Kathleen Kennedy said no there won't be any indie films without Harrison Ford and he said he's not going to do it anymore 
but she's leaving Disney, so oh, it's Lucasfilm. Oh, thank yeah, God. Yeah, Rejoice, people. I bet they'll so wait for it. But then, oh, yeah, I've it, heard that yeah. there's a Disney Plus series in pre production. Mm. So, whatever that is, I don't know. What's the thing? Is it, nowadays, it's not connected to Marvel no. or Star Wars? or No, it's it an indie film. Oh, it is yeah, an, indie, an indie series, yeah. But, oh. well, that's gonna, that my, is such a Disney thing to do to have someone have their own show mm. or their own like series of movies yeah. and then highlight a completely new or just like special character in them I mean look look at uh, Book of Boba Fett literally that was the Mandalorian like season three at the time season yeah. two and a half yeah <laughs> literally yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think they they're just trying to set up for something in the future. I think they should have done the opposite and done, um, although it's probably the most hated thing on Disney Plus, the the She-Hulk way, where they they do a short series before they should have set her up if they really wanted her to yeah, 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 yeah. do a short yeah. series or even even like I don't know like a 10 minute sort of mini episode. Sort the, of thing. Something like that actually even has like Basil in it, so it like. You know they do like the uh, the mini clip, like clip trailers. Yeah. It's like a three minutes, like just a little introduction to the character. Well, you, and what, you what happens? Yeah, you establish their character, exactly. and you you if if you had that to go off of, then you'd actually maybe begin to start to care about these characters. You know, do you think that if if George Lucas ever gets hold of um them again he's going to do what he did with the uh, Star Wars films where he just he puts scenes in the old films he'll have like a panning shot of like a photo of Basil in like Crystal <laughs> Skull or something <laughs> but yeah but apparently when when Lucas and um, Spielberg signed with Paramount in 79 it was for a five film deal mm. Yeah. So whether they, if it was for a five film deal, why did they wait so long between three yeah. and four? I don't know. Because no, we I said don't. that they, they yeah. if they were going to make a four, then they should have done it a couple of years after. They should, they should have done it for other. Yeah, they should not have waited that so long. Obviously, the, the time between Glass Crusade and Crystal Skull was because they couldn't get a decent script, was it, or story? So I don't know. Whether well, they needed to get it in before Harrison Ford was too old. Mm. Or Disney just went, oh fuck it, let's make another Indiana Jones film. Well, catching on it. This is the thing. Yeah, it, that's that's the thing with like Disney. They just milk everything to it but, dies. But Disney, it? it's that same trope of Disney cannot do anything good with IPs they haven't created because they haven't sort of earned it. You know, they've got Star Wars and Indiana Jones. You know, uh, they just see, you know, they don't see the fact that there's legions of fans for all these years. You know little kids going to the cinema in, in sort of uh, 77 if you're Star Wars and, and 81 if you're Indiana Jones and uh, they just see them as, as like Yo said cash girls and they, they haven't earned it they haven't earned that themselves so they take they don't bring in responsibility they just do whatever they want and what they see fit that makes money and they know that Indiana Jones and Star Wars are going to make money and mm. you don't with, with, when you've got money as, as your main sort of um Think about we're making a film. Uh, of course, you're going to cut corners, and and uh, when because you're not going to f- say if you say if you cared about there's there's two points money or if you want to ha- make the script really good, they're going to care about money, aren't they? And and they're going to sort of there's a re- there, I mean there's a re- it speaks for itself. There's a reason why Disney haven't really done anything that good with either IP mm. bar maybe Mandalorian season one maybe. Yeah, don't shoot me. Don't shoot no, me. No, I agree with you 100 there. They have basically sort of. 
And I'm going to go. Like, like, then again, that it. comes down to like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who actually really care about the mm. franchise itself. When you've got people that are just like driving forward just just for the money and like what will get you know get the attention, get the views in, it's. It just kills the entire franchise, mm. and that's yeah. But that's all Disney care about is money, and it goes to show. You got all these D- Disney defenders, like no, no, they actually care. no, they don't. Look at it. Look at the say pre twenty fifteen, right? Force Awakens. Could you ever imagine a world where Star Wars was looked down upon, or was? Um, or, I mean, it was at that time anyway. Even so, like the, the, the prequels were still no, the, hated the, by some people, but then but, when the sequels come out, prequels are loved by more. I used to, I, I'm not, I was in the category of I loved the prequels anyway because they were the first films I but watched. Around, around 2015 though, but this is the thing, you, around 2015 the prequels were, were you know, uh, starting to get the love that you know, some say they deserved. Yeah. And uh, at the heart of it, the, the prequels still had heart, you know, still George Lucas. George Lucas didn't set out to make a bad, uh, a bad film. It just happened to be that way, yeah. you know. Even said himself after he watched *Phantom Menace* for the first time, I may have went too far in some places, which he did. Um, but there still was that heart, and uh, it still felt like even the prequels still felt like Star Wars films. Whereas Disney, you know, um, I mean, yeah, they've they've completely ruined Star Wars, and and luckily they've not ruined Indiana Jones because uh, they were, it's only one movie. They haven't, you know. Well, I mean, if they do another movie, who knows? Yeah, but so I've read about that about Crystal Skull. Is that? It's actually more appreciated now than it was mm. when it first came out. Mm. Yeah, I think the same was with the Force Awakens as well. When the Force Awakens came out, people hated it, and then when they realised how shit the Last Jedi and Rise of the Skywalker were, they're like, "Oh, this is actually not so bad mm. compared to this drug we're getting now." Yeah. So, so I, you just don't want that to happen with, yeah. with, you know, Indiana Jones. I mean, Indiana Jones debuted they debuted it at the Cannes Film Festival out of competition and that's where a lot of the plot leaks came from mm-hmm. and that I think that's what put a lot of people off going to see it because obviously people t- you know they word of mouth read well I so ruined it some of the sort of negative reviews that it got as well yes mm-hmm. uh, so I think they kind of because it worked for Maverick Top Gun Maverick yes. the year before but that was more down to Tom Cruise and it was the actual film mm. I think mm-hmm. as well. but I, I heard as well though that one of the reasons why they, they took it to Cannes because usually Cannes like prestige well, cinema film that they would no it's prestige cinema but yeah. um, I heard as well that, that any film that goes to Cannes or some, it's something along the lines has a um, extended block as in terms of reviews getting out mm. so they they Blocked the reviews off from going out for another two, further two weeks, mm-hmm. so they could hype the film up before the reviews came out. Yeah. And of course, the reviews came out, and I remember I, I hate the website, and I'm not one of these people to, to you know, uh, to latch on to reviews, especially from film critics because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But I went onto Rotten Tomatoes, and it was like 27%. I was like, I wasn't even, I wasn't even sad because I, was, I wasn't surprised. I mean, even now, I knew it was like, going to happen. It's not that better. It's still like I think it's on like 40% mm. or, or something like that. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, it's it's estimated to have cost three hundred million dollars. It's, it's currently recouped two hundred sixty-three million dollars. Isn't about so well. The rule of thumb is the film's got to make two and a half times its budget mm. to actually be a profit. Well, if, it's if, got to make like well, nine hundred mil, you, seven fifty mil. And how, then, yeah. how it usually yeah. goes is is uh, for like a three hundred dollar movie, like Indy Five, 
there's at least another 300, 400 million uh, that goes into marketing, distributing. Marketing, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's lost a ton of money. It's, it's a box office flop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so shocking that Indiana Jones, you you know, you, you think back to when Last Crusade came out. If someone said to you, yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones is going to flop at the box office, it's just unfathomable. Well, like how it was with Star Wars. That's what Disney yeah. does to IPs. It just now? destroys them. Well, it's, it's, what do you mean? Well, I was, I was researching again, mm. and the target audience, your regular film goers, are between the ages of 18 and 34. Now, the average demographic yes. of this film was 54. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> you look shocked. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, mm. sort of, right. Because, well, you know, you're going to get your hardcore fans who are going to go watch it anyway, but your casual moviegoer, was, this, this might be their only introduction to Indiana Jones, mm. might go, well, actually, I've got no connection to the franchise. Well, yeah. this is the thing as well. Once there's again... No, there's not, there isn't that element of nostalgia. I mean, different... Because I obviously grew up watching Indiana Jones. Yeah. My kids grew up watching Indiana Jones. But there's other people out there who've maybe never seen it. Well, this is the thing as well. Um, once again, with Indiana Jones, when you write yourself into a corner, sort of, is... Uh, what sort of I don't know nine ten year old wants to watch a movie with about an eighty year old dude doing mm. shit with time travel? You know, yeah, that's like, how it is. If they they wanted the five films, maybe they shouldn't have like, done the five. Maybe they shouldn't have done four and five. Maybe they should have just left it at three. three. Or do the they should have done the movies in the nineties mm. when indie was a bit. Obviously, indie was was younger. And Spielberg would have still been on top form, and it would have been much more appealing to a wider audience. But I don't even think they should have yeah. been a four and a five. But you know, this is how it is. So you disregard Crystal Skull. The last indie film was '89. Yes. And so you know, most people of that age group wouldn't have even been born then. Well, there's a couple yeah. of generations, you know, yeah. that, well, that goes 30, by. Thirty-four years. And that's and that's what they think as well with the Flash because obviously. The, one of the big story points was Michael Keane's return as Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, most kids maybe wouldn't even know Michael Keane no. was. No, no, no. Like yeah. played Batman. Well, our generation, yeah. Batman was, was Christian Bale, wasn't it? You know? Yeah. Like, who's this old yeah. dude playing Batman? And you look at the films that have done well Super Mario Brothers, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, mm. the majority of the demographic films have for been me. that yeah. Dem- demographic. I, yes. Yeah, I, I've been to see Mario twice, and each time it was packed with that demographic. Yeah. yeah, the amount of children that I've seen. It's made 1.34 billion off yeah. 100 million budget. Spider Man 649 million off 100 million budget. So, I mean, you look at Ant Man and the Wasp 476 off a 200 million budget. That's deemed a flop. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was. Transformers yeah. 400 off a 200 million. That's a flop. Fast X. Estimated to make 1.8 billion, it's made 723 million. Yeah, nice one, Vin. No, sorry, it's actually made 340. Oh no, 723 off a of 340 budget. It needs to get to 840 million. Yeah, yeah, 800 to 150 to turn a profit. That puts it in, like the top five film, yeah. uh, most expensive films ever made. Yeah, mm-hmm. Vin, right. what are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that. Have you seen that video of him when he's like? Um, Fast is the only franchise that when I uh, leave the theater, I hear someone say, "Can I get a ticket to the next one?" Yeah. And I saw all the comments. I was like, "No one <laughs> yeah, has yeah. ever said that." Like, no one's that that Tyrese Gibson, uh, he's in he's in Fast, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he said that he should have won an Oscar for yeah, his, nice. his uh, like. But then that's that's a wider question about franchises. Is the is the same appetite for franchises anymore? Franchise fatigue. And um, there you go. 
Um, well, you said it's, it's a cycle, you know. Uh, I think people are getting the mark. Mark. I mean, your average ticket price now in this country is like ten pound sixty. So if you're, you've got a choice of watching one film, are you going to watch Indiana Jones, or are you going to watch try and wait and watch Oppenheimer, or mm. you mm. know, or even Barbie, Barbie, depending on yeah. So I think that's that's the issue as well. I mean, I know July's June, July's been quite um, a lot of films have been released yeah. in yeah. quite a short period of time. But even so, I think yeah, it's I think there's just a general malaise around franchises. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, but I I think it's a good thing because mm. maybe uh, Scorsese was right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> all all those Marvel fans had a go at him for saying mm. that Marvel movies are like theme park rides. Yeah, no, they are absolutely. They are. Yeah. I think, and I think as well to go back to the. Um, so obviously, this month's been chock a block with films. Mm. May I don't know if there are many in May, but April the big one in April was obviously Mario and I think they deliberately did that because they knew there was like a block where yeah. and in this country it came out during the uh, the half term and that's like a two week thing for schools smart so the whole two weeks I bet it was just absolutely chock a block well, we do have a cinema insider here yeah, yeah. I mean it was pushed forward yeah. wasn't it? So it, it was, was November last yeah, year yeah so it? yeah and I, I, it's obviously a very smart decision to do especially when you know your base, your demographics, children. Mm -hmm. You're putting it when children are off of, off of school. They're gonna watch it tons of times. You know, it's a very smart decision. I just don't think, like we said about the franchises and stuff like that. He's what? How old? How old's Harrison Ford now? Eighty-one. Oh no, he's eight. I think he turned eight. Did he turn eighty-one or eighty-two the other day? I think his birthday was about two, three days ago. Like when you've got like such a, that. Yeah, you've got that demographic of like film goers. No, they've probably never even heard of yeah. the Moon Day or anything yeah. like that, Moon Day Parade or something like that. It's, it's just, I, ju I just think it, people just getting uninterested with like all these like different franchises because mm -hmm. they're trying to just force them down your throat to make a profit. But then mm -hmm. what happens is normally if a franchise is failing, what studios do is reboot it. Yeah. So are you going to see another? I mean, we've said not Indiana Jones film. But some kind of Indiana Jones like spin. Yeah. Oh, so they say the end of yeah. Indiana Jones. Either inspired or spin. Yeah. I think it, they Harrison Ford keeps saying this is the last time. He's eighty-one. I everyone knows what Harrison Ford's like because he didn't want to come back for Force yeah. Awakens. Well, he, <laughs> Disney started waving their wad around. He didn't want to come back for well, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so and it, and he was in Rise of Skywalker yeah. as well. God knows that I don't think they've ever said how much they paid him for no. that. I, I, yeah, I guarantee it, it was in the yeah. millions. Well, Harrison Ford, when asked about why did you come back for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, his answer: Show me the money. There you go. Yeah, he, <laughs> always, goes he always. I think he said it the other day. Um, At least he's honest with for, it. For Indy five, even he just said money again. Yeah. He was like, well, to be fair, it was a good, when he. Because this, the the whole sort of indie five come off mostly come off the back of Force Awakens as well with Harrison Ford's return as Han Solo, and they thought they probably all saw it at Disney. They thought, well, this is it. He was so popular in that, and people came back to the cinema to see him in it. That was one of the reasons that I went to see Force Awakens was because I knew that um, Harrison Ford was in it, and because at the time that was um, he was sort of already an idol. Yeah, because of Indi I've grown up with Indiana Jones, and then I saw him in Star Wars. Um, but I think he liked the script that Spielberg probably proposed to him, or the idea, which is I can remember as an interview on uh, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of them, and he was like, "The script was brilliant," but then he said in recent ones, "Money." Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, like what I, what I said earlier. 
do you focus on a good yeah. script or money and Disney focus on the money so mm -hmm. there you go so the money's on a spin-off for the Helena character possibly yeah mm. I mean they they would normally do like a young you know but they've already done that mm -hmm. which I didn't think young Indiana Jones was that bad no. did George Lucas produce yeah. that okay well there you go but I think you know I would have liked to have seen something like that maybe with the money that Disney could put behind it do you well, think they, do you think they could re reboot it or re reboot it? Yeah, re for new for new not remake, but I think that I I've think something like that would work. Yeah, I, I would. I've seen bits of it. And if you think about it, a young indie, you have a young you have a younger indie, and that that entices younger audiences to go you know to watch it and get involved and get interested in indie, and then I mean they could just revamp the entire franchise, couldn't they? Mm. Well, they I do. hope they don't do that. Well, yeah. they, you know, <laughs> Disney are like. <laughs> it'll be Chris Pratt who'll be playing Indiana Jones <laughs> like he's done Seth Rogen Chris yeah. Pratt Seth Rogen is a seller <laughs> bad date bad date right, um, so, we'll get back to the film yeah, <laughs> yeah. so what about the casting what do you think of the casting of the other characters I think Vola was a very good casting I mean I, I like oh, Mads Mikkelsen yeah. in anything okay. he yeah. is he, I think he's especially as like a baddie playing like a Nazi and stuff like that I think he's a very good character mm. uh, very good casting for the character I think Toby Jones was brilliant I I thought because I said didn't I I wish he was in it more, more he didn't have him, much yeah. yeah he didn't have much to do um, with thing I think you had Antonio Banderas in the kind of <laughs> blinking in my eyes. Yeah, that's weird. Puss and Boots got shot because they did it for like five sort of, minutes. They did like character posters, didn't they? Yeah. And they, in the promo, they're like, "Ah, oh, Antonio Banderas is in it," and he's got like five or six lines, <laughs> and then he dies. Yeah, and and then Indy says he's my friend, but there's obviously no setup in other films exactly. that existed, yeah. so it's like another um, out of nowhere. That was the main one. Is Phoebe Waller Bridge is mm -hmm. Helen mm. Shaw, which I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm fairly neutral with it. Yeah, like there's, I mean, there's points where I know she's not supposed to be particularly likable at the start, and she's yeah. supposed to be this like, oh, come good in the end, like sort of like Mac, yeah. where it's sort of the, yeah. the double agent mm, or what, whatnot. I don't know. I just didn't particularly like her as a character. I don't know. Just something. I think it was like an indie dupe again. To mm. be honest with you, like she's, you know, a bit cocky. You yeah. know, she knows her, she knows her stuff, and yeah I, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm neutral about it I'm not mad about it but I'm I think that's once again I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge was good casting in that sort mm. of film especially to come off of um, stuff like Fleabag which is in this country it's um, like TV show. one of the best yeah. that people say it's like the like a good comedy Pinnacle, show whatever yeah. um, but I think her bad writing they've just made her especially to people like Star Wars fans Disney fans they'll have a problem with obviously this strong female character but she's written to be like there's no redeeming quality of her like she even the only thing she does that you think maybe she's all right is like the the scene on the boat with the dynamite and she's like but you can sort of see that she was gonna double cross and go back and actually be working with indy mm. still i just I, yeah i didn't she was sort of a bit one yeah. note and then we had the return of john reese davis as Sarah. For about again, two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Lost his accent. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. weird because um, now working as a cab driver in New York because Indy helped him he and his family US move to the US after the but war. It was it was odd to me it, him being in the movie because the reason why he wasn't in Killing Crystal Scholars because he said he, he 
didn't just want to be a cameo but at the end of the day this is like an extended cameo because in Crystal Skull he was just meant to be at the wedding, wedding right scene, at the end yeah. of the film that you, you see John Hurt mm-hmm. and sat there on the, and Jim Broadbent and then obviously mm. there would probably be some camera pan and then he'd say one line and then they'd go well that's it that's done <laughs> But, but they, they, the worst thing they did is they blue balled us because they, they, Salah says to Indy like I've brought my passport and yeah. stuff. He wants to, he wants to do, I've feel the desert. He wants to Give smell this the monologue, scene. doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, Salah. Yeah, and then he, Indy like, no, you don't want to come. No. Like, oh, and then I'll go fuck off back to my family. Yeah, like what the yeah. fuck would you do that, man? I, I, one thing I would say, although he lost his accent. It, he did the little like the salad walk he did like the little yeah. hunched over like yeah. sort of like old man it's like the dad run where they like the um, they run at the same speed as walking body cars got and then again briefly you had Karen Allen as yes yep. so you know obviously they, they got married at the end of uh, Crystal Skull mm-hmm. oh. at the start of this you see divorce papers and you know um, Indy mentions it that when Mott died they couldn't really deal with it so that's that's, what, that's the thing I found yeah. it weird that right so uh, Mutt dies and they obviously the complications from that forces them to split mm-hmm. at the end she just shows up again and like are they together again now like because I, I, I think just, they sort of try I think Salah and also Merrin showing up it was completely unnecessary it was just I nostalgia because yeah. they probably, yeah. probably had them contracted because mm. in earlier drafts Marion was meant to have a bigger part in the role and I think obviously when Mangold and the rest rewrote parts they've obviously what they've done is they've sidelined Marion and put Helena in I've, I, I can guarantee that some of the stuff that Helena said was probably meant for Marion but they thought we didn't they'd be too crowded there's four of them in Morocco and mm. um Sicily and stuff like that. See the the stuff we all, we go on about, you know. There's there's a good film there somewhere. Yeah, and just the, the wrong decisions, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the the whole thing with Marion, I just she she sort of comes home with groceries and they're like. I did like that together. Little, that nod to Raiders though, where yeah. she's like, "God," he's like, "Where doesn't it hurt?" And they do that whole scene. Yeah, I did think that was sweet, and that's the thing that t- sort of taught. Um, that's turns the waterworks on for me when I was sat in the cinema that's the bit I'm like <laughs> the music and stuff of like that kicks in I'm like yeah that's me done but yeah I just thought I just thought it was odd I thought, I thought she, like you yeah, I thought she would have pl- the, the, the way they were uh, sort of bigging that storyline up between them splitting I thought she would have had a much bigger part mm-hmm. where she just shows him would you have liked to have seen her in yeah it, you 100% I, I, th- I think she, she yeah, uh, but then in what way though yeah that's because the thing you know, if, if well, she, in a, in a way, in a way, so but the way the story went, them, then it gets a bit bloated. Doesn't no, it? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I'd like them to elaborate on the whole storyline and them split up because it's a pretty big thing, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. or them splitting up because they get married at the end of it. At the end of it, I wanted to to see um, how that played out. Yeah. But you know, they just bring her back for they're like, okay, here you go, here's Marion. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia, nostalgia in your yeah, face. And they expect it. us just to sit there and be like, oh, that was great, you know, but no, it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> so. And the, 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 just to quickly get back onto, like, just for a seller, he, I think, to keep him, obviously you're saying he's like a cameo, like an extended mm. cameo. I think he should have gone to Morocco with them. And I think he should have just, they should have done the chase or whatever. He should have been there, been a part of it. And then he would have just gone back to the States and gone, right, I'm yeah. not going to come with you for the next, next bit. Because then it would have made him sort of, 
it puts him in a setting that he was familiar with. He yeah. mentions Morocco. Yeah. It was sad because he literally said that he'd, he'd love to go back there. Yeah. And they, they were like, no, nah, he's not going to do it. He's just going back to his apartment. It's like, like you oh, see blue balls, they're waving in your face. Oh, going, yeah, here, I've got to fuck myself, yeah. man. You know? <laughs> just that, that some of this, this the, the decision this movie made just shot itself right in the foot. Uh-huh. And uh, like I said, there was, there, there was a good movie there, but fortunately it's not we this one. We didn't say um, Boyd Holbrook's character. Oh, I, yeah. I um, Kleber. Was he the? His name was Kleber. Not the, not the big one. Not the Pat the Roach that stand. The one with the <laughs> mustache. The, yeah, yeah. The one who was like he, he didn't have any sort of character whatsoever. No, I found him annoying as fuck because yeah. um, it was like a stock bad guy, basically. He was like yeah. he. Honest to God, I think there was more character in. The um, I f- always forget his name. It's not Arnold Tot and it's not Belach. Um, it's the other one from Raiders. That like the general. Not the, like, oh, the I know you mean. About, the one yeah. who has like two or three lines mm-hmm. like, and gets his face melted. I think off. he's got more character and more. In- he's more entertaining to watch than <laughs> yeah. Boyd Holbrook was for what I ten. Just, I just he, found him annoying, man. He was in Logan. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in Logan. Yeah. was he? Is he quite good in Logan? Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's good. He's quite good because he's the antagonist. Mm. Isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah, I've so not seen Logan. Good, but yeah. So he obviously he can play a, an antagonist well, but like he just he's just a device in this movie. As in terms of okay, um, we need to beef out our but, bad guys. We'll just put stock bad guy in. A bit of light relief as well, wasn't it? But I didn't. Mm. I didn't. I just I found think, him annoying. I think the overall tone of this film is a bit more comedic than, yeah. than the other. Fi- I know the other films have got some. Um, you know, some light relief, like yeah, elements. Yeah, yeah. But I think this was going too far to try and, and be almost a bit it's, slapstick. It's, sometimes it's Disney, mate. I, I think it's quite stupid. Like classic Marvel comedy. That is. Yeah. like character was. I think it was just stupid. Like like the general you're on about. He didn't have any lines, but you know he was a a mean. That's you the know, thing. You, it, you, you knew he was both, a bad. Both like the secondaries and Raiders didn't say yeah, it a lot. Yeah, like. And all, all Holbrook's character does is just shoot people. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. He's like, mm. oh, I, you know I'm a bad guy because yeah. I'm, I'm shooting these innocent and people. The, and they're like, it's just unneeded. He doesn't li- like the, the whole the thing you take away from him is he doesn't listen to orders, mm. especially from the um, the other lady who I uh, what was her name? Mason. Her second name is Mason. Yeah, I think. yeah. Numbers. Yeah. CIA. Charlotte <laughs> Renee Wilson is Mason. Yeah. And she was a government agent. And again. Her, her part really wasn't huge, wasn't no. it? I think she. I quite liked her. Yeah. But she was t- it, like the whole villain side was too bloated. Mm. There was too man. Obviously, Mads Mikkelsen, Boy Holbrook, um, Mason, and who I forgot the name. The bodybuilder who uh, played. Yeah, Richter's something. Oliver, like that. Olivier Richter's. Why, yeah. by the way, why? Right. It, obviously, he was meant to be like the Pat Roach character. Yeah. How good would it have seemed to be to see an eighty-year-old? House of Ford take on that guy. Well, you see it, don't you? He goes, he, he, he hits the side of it, and he's but like, no, like a full-on fight, and that's no, it. Uh, He'd kill him. That, that's yeah, like, but it's funny. I think that was one of the points this film was making: was Indy was too old to fight back now. But this like, he gets negged by a child. Yeah, you see, you see him like go to. I think one of them shit, in the office, I think he was and a they, shit they just grab him and sort of peel his who the the. Tall I mean, guy. the thing is, he's not an actor. I think he was, but, but not even his acting. But I think he was a shit character. He he was just they brought him in just. As like a mantelpiece, like Jeez. this is a big guy you expect from an Indiana Jones movie. This is like movie. the Pat Roach that's been in yeah. every other one. I think they they could have played on something very very good if they had a one on one fight with him. It is I'm not talking about f- obviously an actual fist fight because it 
Alice Ford would have been flattened, but they could have, you know, that there's that that, like I said in in classic indie, there's there's comedic elements. It could have been a quite good, charming scene. I mean, but even in Kindle and Crystal Skull, like the comedic element of when they were on the, when he's fighting the big Russian dude, and they fall onto the jet propulsion system, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, you know, I think that the the bodybuilder and Mads Mikkelsen would have been good as like obviously he's the, he was the chatty villain yeah. and he was sort of explaining everything and you had just sort of a silent antagonist yeah. who sort yeah. of was just like a menacing presence. You know, the muscle and just you wouldn't like... need Boyd Holbrook's character. He no. could have just been left out, um, which is sad because he is a good actor. It's just he was sort of given very sort of marvelly Disney yeah, lines. Give you like vibes from like a. You know, Palpatine Vader vibes. Yeah. Where you got you got the guy that beats the shit out of people, and you got the one that's actually like a, a generic talker, the the thinker. I, th- I think there's a there's well, a. I mean, his death was a bit weak as well, wasn't yeah. it? Well, it was the uh, handcuffed it was underwater. Handcuffed underwater by the kid. I think that was a better death than just crashing the plane though, and just. Mm. No, I think it's so stupid because like he was like a. Oh, I'm handcuffed, but I'm a pickpocket, so I can get out of these I and strap this guy to a fed Indiana Jones films they all have a very over the top sort of death for the main antagonist yeah. sort of raiders the face mm. hair melting and all that Temple of Doom you've got um, Molaram being knocked yeah. off the bridge and death as well and yeah. even, even like um, uh, Donovan, Donovan yeah. Yeah. But the, and, and Crystal Skull still the flaws of the film yeah but the image of um, Arena Spalco just bursting into flames yeah, from like yeah. having her head basically melted it's, it's still there's nothing there and you see Mads Mikkelsen who is a brilliant actor mm. and he's he does have presence he's a good antagonist mm. and then yeah. you just see a plane crash and you see his burned body which Archimedes takes the watch off and that's yeah. all there's yeah. no like admittedly it's better than having like um, could you imagine like a one liner he's like, wiped behind he's on the floor and he's like behind me, I'll guys. cool off <laughs> but yeah can we just talk about as well how the hell did he survive getting hit Full blast in the face at the start. Oh my that god! That's absolutely I've bollocks. seen so many theories about how like someone used the like Holbrook's character used the de- uh, the dial to go back and like no make him I, live or something like that. I think it's it's not a finny golem. I was about to say Christ. time stone. I think, <laughs> I think it's I think it's just stupid. The thing he got hit by, you see it sort of swing. It's not like a solid object. You yeah. see it swing around. So it it, it did look like you're that. still going at the you're speed still gonna, of the train. You're still going to die. Right, that's it's the right now. Yeah. Still get hit, and all all um all he's got on his head to pr- like that he's been hit is uh just a little, a little scar. scar. But even yeah. like but when we were watching the film. Um, Harrison was saying to me he was like you'd think he'd have like lost an eye or he'd have like, like, like no, I, I facial disfigurement yeah I literally like, said like he should end up looking like Snoke from this yeah because like you're going however fast like that train's going like 80 miles an hour and it would have made him more memorable if you had a villain that looked disfig- like Dis- ugly yes. and disfigured and I know people criticise um, what comes to mind is uh, Rami Malek in the like, last yeah, Bond film, yeah, and everyone's yeah. saying, "Well, it's it's not nice to have a disfigured, but but it makes them iconic. You, it makes I mean, them look I mean, more adds an extra layer of character yeah. to them, you know, because you, you you're like, okay, how in the back of mind, say you have a disfigurement or something, you're like, okay, how what was this guy doing before we see him now? Like, how did he get that and stuff? It makes them more like mysterious. But I'm when I look at, it, I'm just like, how the hell did he survive that? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. so surely if someone who gets hit full pelt in the head can su- can survive that they can survive a plane crash and the thing is know? like he lived and he doesn't have any adverse effects from doesn't even mention from, it it doesn't even mention it but he's got a hatred for 
I, I, indie because because of that moment. I think that scene is going to become the new um, like swinging vine swinging scene. Right, yeah, from yeah, that's true. That's when so people true. look back at this film in ten mm. years, they're going to see the image of Mads Mikkelsen getting <laughs> yeah. knocked off a train. Yeah, and it's the sound it makes. It sounds like a proper ringing metal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. People actually laughed as well in the cinema. The first that. time Including I watched the... it, the first time I watched it, I was like, <laughs> like yeah. 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 well, speaking of that, let's, should we talk about the opening scene? And yeah, I yeah. think that that was. The opening scene had the best. So this has got the famous de aging of Harrison Ford. What I will say, claymation is. um, (laughs) What I will say is, obviously, it's brand new technology as in terms of putting it on on screen. Um, I didn't think it looked that bad as in there's some scenes where it looked off, but I said to you in sort of the darker lit scenes, which they should have. They shouldn't have had him in full lit scenes because you could, you could see the sort of the blemishes and stuff. But mm. I, I don't think it looked that bad. I think it looked exactly like Indy did in Last Crusade around that yeah. that um era. You know, um, the only thing I will say is why didn't they digitally do his voice? Because you could tell that's just Harrison Ford at that yeah, age. Yeah, hundred percent. You can see when there's yeah. body doubles and when yeah. it wasn't. So that's one when when Scorsese did The Irishman. With where they de age Robert De Niro mm. and Joe yes. Pesci, yes. one thing you can't hide is voice. the voice. body as well. Um, yeah, the way that they walk is different. Did you notice there's a scene where Indy's running in that scene, and you can tell it's Harrison Ford because he's like hunched over yeah. and he's running like how Harrison Ford runs. Um, but apart, I mean, I I, I, did, I was pretty impressed for one of the first big proper blockbusters to to implement that technology. I, you, I, I think it's, it's pretty good. There's one in the sort of Disney franchise. In um, the f- have you seen the first Ant Man where they de-age Michael Douglas's character? And oh yes, yes. It, the de-aging that if you look if you see the scenes now, I I think that's still yeah. the gold standard of de-aging. And obviously they, they've done stuff like in Rogue One. They did it wasn't de-aging as such, was it? But it, they were putting the face yeah, of just, um, Peter Cushing on mm-hmm. um, Guy. He- I think his name's Guy Henry and, and, and Leia as well. Yeah, well, we we've come a long way from um, Jimmy Saw three. Is uh, that to make him look younger? They just put a cap on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they gave him like the Steve Buscemi. What up, my like, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I, I didn't think it looked that bad, and and uh, people people clowning all over. I'm like, they're making well, out like it's the Scorpion King from um, yes. the Mummy. Yeah, the mummy <laughs> but this is the thing, right? It's like I said, it's it's fairly new technology, and it can only get better from here. Um, yeah, I think it's a very good baseline. I think it looked, I, look, I think it looked good, and it's. I'm glad they they did the time accurate. Like I said, um, definitely. Real indie fans can tell that this is that Indiana Jones was was around the time of Last Crusade because it looked like it Harrison Ford from that time. And even I think, just the the little things like. The, they could have changed the font, but obviously it comes up with like the the Dial of Destiny. It shows the font that's used in every the other classic indie, indie film. Yes, classic I appreciate that because it jumps you right in. You know, you're in an yeah. Indiana Jones film. You know, um, but I, I think we're in agreement that probably the the opening scene is is by far the best it's scene. The best it scene is in, the strongest. Yeah, even the best coming scene. from me, but, I can look past it all. Well, this is the thing, right? Before we went to go see it, obviously you saw it uh, before. You told me that. This is one of the best Indiana Jones opening scenes. Of course, Indiana Jones is known for its opening scenes, mm-hmm. and I basically laughed in your face saying yeah. bollocks. And I must admit, I knew you'd like it. I, it is, I, I, yeah. I thought that's the, like when I was writing my initial mm-hmm. review, which I still haven't done, and I probably won't. Now. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like an archive thing. <laughs> I was saying that the opening scene captures everything that I loved about the franchise. It, was, it felt like Indiana Jones. Didn't I had it? one flaw with it. The not the CGI, CGI is brilliant. The CGI running man on top of the train, yeah, on the top yes. of the, I was literally about to bring that up. Like one of those yeah. like, 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 yeah. yeah. 
That yeah, was the only I, I think because the opening scene was so good, made you afterwards it completely blue balls you for how lackluster mm. the rest mm. of the movie actually is. I was like, I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Like, I, like, I could it, have easily watched a two-hour film. Yes. It, it, yeah. Despite this CGI, I could have watched it the DH the whole film. I said that to him well, the other day. Of, I was like, one of our categories is actions. You know, and discuss that now. Yeah, the actions. Yeah, okay. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the first, um, the first scene, the opening scene is basically all action that like you'd expect in Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, isn't it? You know, because Indiana Jones, the action scenes are probably the highlight of every Indiana Jones movie, and they're filmed in such a such a way that you know it's an Indiana Jones movie. I, I thought I thought the action was good as in terms of it felt like it felt like it belonged in an Indiana Jones movie. The only thing I would say is. One of my main gripes about this movie is obviously they had they had the um uh chase with Indy on horseback. Followed by a chase in Morocco. Followed by a chase in Morocco. Yeah. And I didn't think it flowed as well, you know. No. Um I, but I, I thought I thought the action was good as in terms of it actually you know, the action from that you could see it being in a Ra- Raiders movie because it's like I said, it's filmed in such a way that it, it's quintessentially Indiana Jones, uh-huh. you know. And they um what so when does it's in 1944, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. where does yeah. that place it? Does that place it after Crystal, uh, Crystal Skull, after Crusade? Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. Because yeah, yeah, when, well, when was Crusade? It's like, because Hitler, obviously Hitler's in 30, it. F- 38, 39, because it's, it's the belongs in the museum. The yeah. guy in the white suit when he dies is Portugal 1938, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So it, it must, it's just pre-World so War II. the... That opening scene is what 15 20 minutes, yeah, of just pure action. And yes, I, I like the whole time I was watching it, and I didn't think, didn't look away, didn't yawn, anything like no. that. I had to, I was focused on it because I thought it was such oh, it's brilliant. Is I, it, I, I, yeah, it was 1938, 38, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's about six years, yeah, yes, give or take. Obviously, yeah. I don't know when uh, Sean Connery's characters obviously, he's not in this film, he's not in Crystal Skull, so he obviously dies at some point between mm. those. Because um, uh, the little kid steals his, his watch and he's takes, like, That's my father's yeah, watch, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, that made and me he, choke that, up a bit, man. That's the only like, bit, and like Phoebe Waller Bridge, even the flaws of her character, she looks at Teddy and she's like, Give it back that's to him. That's a bit too far. Shows like yeah. empathy, yeah. The only nod to him, I don't want to stray from action, but the only nod to Henry Jones Sr., and obviously Mutt's mentioned, but. When it when that action scene ends and it cuts to Indy in uh, 1969, you just see a photo of him on the on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Next yeah. the mark, the yeah. camera pans and it's like obviously got a bit of motion blur, so you don't notice it if you're not looking. Yes. Like you're like you also have um, Henry Jones Seniors. You know he's got the the painting mm-hmm. of is it uh, the crucifixion of Christ? Yeah, yeah, that he had in his in his book. That's also in in that scene as well. Mm. Um, regarding the action in it, I didn't like the eel scene. I thought that was I thought that was a bit ridiculous. I, I don't like. Yeah, I, I didn't like it like that. I I, I hated it because like they're they're trying to like oh eels kind of look like snakes and like oh we can't we can't place snakes in this because like they're not like local yeah, to that yeah, area. It's, it's that thing they're trying to build jeopardy. Yes, and it doesn't quite work. It's the whole diving scene as well. It's like oh. Um, you're not supposed to cross your 
breathing tubes get it, <laughs> get it caught on anything mm. and it's like yeah trying to build this kind of tension out of nothing basically jeopardy out of something well, yeah. by the way I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this but I thought the CGI was absolutely fucking laughable at the, uh, the underwater scenes yeah, um, with, with the eels and yeah. them dropping down yeah. they definitely spent most of the, the budget yeah, on, on, on the, the DA yeah. yeah. that again is, a, is a, a wider it's a Disney problem it's a Disney it's, problem it's kind of a wider thing isn't it it's CGI is the use of CGI, and I, th- I, th- I didn't think it that bad. I thought they I thought were, they were grasping. I thought it looked like an Xbox 360 yeah, game. Yeah, they were trying to grasp at nostalgia so well, much. For, for example, right, you're sitting down in, in say 1980 to write an Indiana Jones film, mm. and you're trying to write the invasion of Sicily by the Roman Empire. Yeah, how are you going to film that? How are you going to do it's it? It's going to be sex, effects, practical, yeah, yep. miniatures, whatever. Now you can do anything you want. Yes. You can write it down, do anything. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's and it's like, but because you can do anything, should you do anything? No, no, no. But and that's the thing. I think. But Indiana, Indiana Jones movie should never cost three hundred twenty-eight million dollars, and most of that is due to the CGI. Um, you think back in the day, like you said, yeah. it was all sets, practical. And I think that's so much cheaper. And that was a problem with Crystal Skull as well. Yeah. I think it lost I mean, direction. The, the vine, the vine swinging scene, yeah. for yeah. example. There's that also that scene where Mutt's like legs extend by two meters each when he's on either car. Oh, yeah, oh, he's yeah. fencing. Uh, and it just looks laughable, and it's yeah. 2008 CG as well. So the whole fencing in the jungle and the thing, everything. Yeah, it just it's like and the ants as well. Mm. Yeah. I liked the ant scene as a kid, though. It was like mm. one of those things that stuck in my it's head. Like a shock the, thing. The yeah. image of the ants crawling in that yeah. man's mouth. I used to like sit there and like rewind it. Yeah. <laughs> Body horror. But, but like you said, it's a it's a wider <clears throat> problem in modern Hollywood. Yeah. You know, there's too much oh, reliance we, on we, CGI. We can do it, so let's do it. It's it's like oh. digital wanking, isn't it? <laughs> Mm. Well, well, people, um, people, a lot of people say that they ask the question: Why does CGI look better from the previous decades than it does now? And I, I, I said because they n- knew when and how to use it. You oh, know, no, no, you look at you look yeah. at you look at Jurassic Park. You know, Steven Spielberg knew when and how and its limits because yeah. you know he he didn't use that much. Of course, they well, use animatronics. He only um, used it when they couldn't use practical effects. Yes. Yeah. And, that's, and that's I mean, he, he made sure that the dinosaurs, when you first see uh, the T Rex, is is dark. Um, and yeah, but now it's, it's there's there's a difference between using it to enhance a movie than relying on it. And I just think practical will always always be better, you know. And Indiana Jones should be all practical. And that's another reason why it doesn't feel like an Indiana Jones movie because you don't get those those full on you don't get those big movie sets filming on location, um, and it just hurts the movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but like I said, that's a further that's a sorry that's that's a not just an Indiana Jones problem that's a problem in in Hollywood you know. Yeah, like going back to like the eel scene, it was so like fastly implemented as well. Like they look off the boat and then Helena says, "Oh, what's that?" Oh, it's eels. So the next like three minute segment is just going to be about these eels. I think it was it was so stupid, and they were like trying to, you know, when in the uh, I think it was in Raiders where he's got you know the torch and he's like mm. fighting fighting off the snakes. They tr- did when that he, with the flare. He done done it with the flare. They're trying to they're trying to grasp something, and it's it was just so unneeded, and uh, I hated I hated that <laughs> well, scene. Well, like Robo said that uh, they were trying how like. I was expecting them to be a huge, like, deep water dive by the, the way they were bigging it up. It wasn't even that far down, yeah. and the scene went on for ages and ages, like, a long, way longer than it should have, and I was just bored. I was just, That's, get yeah, it already, you know? When I say there's a dip, 
that's the bit that cut my attention. Yeah. And when they come out, and obviously they do all the big chat on the boat, and they blow the boat up, and they get away from it, and they do. I thought at one point, I genuinely thought there's going to be a uh, a boat chase. Yeah. And we're going to get three chases in the space of about twenty five minutes. Yeah. I thought, yeah. don't please don't do yeah. like a land sea air chase. <laughs> um, well, that, that's that's another problem with the movie. It is paced horribly. You know, one minute you're you're into it and you're like, oh, what's going on? And then the next, just something happens and you pull wow. right out. And then there's things going on that you just don't really care care about. And I just think the pacing of this movie is is about crap. To an be hour honest. In, I was looking at my watch. And for you, day. who grew up in, in yeah, when when the original trilogy came out, for you to say that, yeah. would, you, would you ever imagine yourself in a million years, say twenty years, back, ever saying that you're looking at your watch an hour into an Indiana Jones movie? I knew as yeah. soon as that film, as soon as the film ended, I loved it. I, like obviously, as a as an indie, I can see past it. I saw Robbo's hand go out and go, <laughs> and it was like it sort of like, like the Romans with with their thumb. <laughs> but he gave it like a, he shook his hand. And I thought yeah. they've done they've done shit here. I was like, they, they've ruined it for life. <laughs> it's like I wanted, I wanted to sit down and watch and and have the same feeling I did when I saw Raiders for the first time or Temple of Doom. We're never gonna get time. it again. Unless Hollywood fucking bucks up his just, fucking ideas, see, not, stays away from CGI, I'm not, stop ruining our favourite IPs. Fuck you, Disney. Yeah, I'm not against franchises or you know continuation of stories. No. Just make them good. Yeah, yeah. please. Don't, don't like cash grab. No, you're gonna totally. get bar- barred from every like Disney yeah. park yeah. on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's come at me. Lawsuit for like a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, you you do. I mean. If they do make another indie film, I will go and watch it. Obviously, but yeah. then people won't, and they'll because they yeah. want to see quality. They don't want to see the same old thing rehashed. They'll do it. They could do an indie like they could do anything. They could do like a free hour, and it'll be like a photo. And that's <laughs> and I'll sit there. I'll still go and I'll sit there and I'll but stare at it. This is the thing with yeah, Disney, though. Three hundred million. Right yeah. there. <laughs> Disney love themselves so much that. They'll, they'll look at say if they make an indie six and people go to watch it because of course they'll it's just, fucking Indiana Jones. They'll pack fold a big bag of money. Yeah, <laughs> they'll indie. They'll be here yeah. like counting out every penny in front of the camera. <laughs> Disney would pat themselves on the back saying, "Oh, the reason why they're returning is because of indie five. No, it's not. It's because Indiana Jones is one of the well, most beloved franchises of all time. Do but- you think? I don't want to segue into like another bit, but the ending could possibly lead to another film. It's like they've left it open ended. Fuck it, let's talk about the ending. I, I, yeah, I do reckon it will. Yeah, we're talking about the. Yeah, just going to the ending. Just yeah, the, the, it's like the last shot of you see mm. his hat, and they could have just zoomed in and so done. The, yeah, yeah. I was, was going to bring this up as well. The hat's hanging on a washing line, and you see his hand come out and grab the hat. So that either indicates that he's not, he's not passing it on to anybody else, and that was where it ends, mm-hmm. or. He's going to be in another film. He's getting another one. So and he's, I don't he's, know. Um, I, I, okay, lads, I reckon there's going to be another film, and I reckon Harrison Ford is in it. They've probably already signed on for another film that we don't know yeah. about, and it's. <laughs> I God. think that they're going to just because the Crystal Skull ends, you see the hat blow to Mutt's yeah. feet, and you think, yeah. here it is, it's passing on the torch, he grabs it, no. Biggest troll in that time. But do you reckon uh, James Mangold would do it? Or yeah, I, I, reckon I, I, reckon, no, I think... I reckon I'll get James Mangold back. I yeah. think Spielberg will probably try and... Well, if it's money, then Spielberg will certainly be there, but saying that, though, it's... it's um, I reckon Spielberg, the reason why Spielberg didn't do it is probably because he was either... Busy doing something else because obviously you know you had COVID, so you you know what was the film he did the Fablemans and stuff. It. So I, I reckon that's the re- probably the reason why well, he can do it. But I reckon the driving force behind 
is Lucas now. Now Steve Spielberg stepped away because mm. I'm just reading the quote here that they they had um, that they there was a little bit of tension because he says that uh, we still have issues around the direction we'd like to take and the future. Steve's the past. He's trying to drag it back to the way they were. I'm trying to push it to a whole different place. No, fuck off, George so, Lucas. You know the whole yeah. cons- you know. <clears throat> So I think that's kind of where it where it is at the moment. George Lucas, you're a terrible writer. That's Fuck you. Possibly why Spielberg didn't want to do it. Another lawsuit yeah, by another George lawsuit Lucas. Going straight through. I, I like yeah. I like the idea of ending it here. I think yeah. like when, when I come out of the cinema, I think the reason I liked it when I watched it the first time was because the ending wasn't obviously with all these plot leaks and stuff like that. And uh, uh, you were telling me that it was he's going to go back in time and then I thought oh he's going to go back in time and die and then in the film he goes back in time and he goes to die there and um, he yeah. doesn't and I think that I think that was the best way they could have if he died in the past I, was, I would have just been like yeah. I don't know how I, I must admit I'm glad that they didn't bring him they didn't keep him in the past because if he'd stay in the past it would have erased re- the whole yeah, film you kind, of fit, you, kind of, you, kind, you kind of think well what's the point in me going on this journey for however many years if within our journey if he just stays it, in the past I right? think Getting canonically removing him from every story that ever obviously Raiders will still happen. That's the whole plot hole, not not a plot hole, but the whole he doesn't have to be there. But I think it'd just be the biggest like sort of fuck you to the fans yes. ever. So I'm glad I'm, that's the best thing Phoebe Waller Bridge did in the movie was haymaker, haymaker in Jones. Something that Mike Tyson would be proud of if you're his grandmother and uh, <laughs> bring him back. Him, yeah. That's no lawsuit from Mike Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, I think they've just marvelled it as well. They've opened the door to time travel, and it's next. Next, I don't it, think it's going to be Indy versus Thanos. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they'll touch it like that. I hope they don't. Why not? Yeah, why not a crossover, franchise crossover? What would you? What, I mean, what would you cross Indy with <laughs> Predator? Well, there's, ru- <laughs> well, there's rumours they're going to fold Guardians of Galaxy into Marvel, aren't they? Into the whole other Marvel universe. Yeah, so. Well, they've already started, haven't they? They did it before and then I mean, got rid of them. And in, I think they have the new films just in Andor. There is actually actually uh, like uh, little Easter eggs for Indy, like uh, in uh, I can't remember his name, Skarsgård's shop. There's a Sakara stone. Shinkara stones, and there's also a whip that's in, in case well, the carbonite. So two thousand nine, uh, two thousand eight was or was it two thousand seven? I think it's two thousand eight. They already had a crossover with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. There's a comic. No, it was actually two and six. You could play Indiana Jones in the complete saga. In the, saga. Yeah, the first ever six. crossover between them. And there's a comic crossover with them. Is there? Yeah. Well, yeah, as it was Han. He uh, he like got knocked out, and he literally played Indiana Jones while he was passed out, and it was like a dream. Oh, that's a different one I've read. Oh. Oh, there's one where they uh, is this is going to deviate from it but Han and Chewie crash the Millennium Falcon they die and then hundreds of a couple hundred years later or anything um, the, the, there's like this fable about the Wookiee or whatever uh, being Bigfoot, oh, Bigfoot and Indiana yeah. Jones yeah, goes I've to the crash site one. to yeah. see to That's see them cool. and he, he finds the skeleton of Han Solo and then it's like he sees a glimpse of Chewbacca who he thinks on earth is the Sasquatch of Big, Bigfoot um, which is probably the closest you'll get to a crossover. I think um, that would probably that would have made a better Indy Five. Yeah, <laughs> Indy Five. Uh, but me personally, I probably wouldn't want a crossover with anything because then you kind of mud blooding it all. I way. don't even think Disney are dumb enough to do a crossover with Indiana Jones. No, because what is there to cross over with? 
You need to have some sort of similarity with. No, yeah, there's no Disney IP that they could. I mean, they. What what's the closest you could get? Something like a predator, the sort of the jungle. That's the only sort of context I could think is a jungle sort of thing where he's going it's after be the a predator. But it's got to be a normal. But it's just going to be kill him. It's just going to be Indiana Jones and Hawkeye set around a fucking yeah. table at a cafe or some shit. So yeah, I don't think Disney are that dumb to do so, that. Yeah. I do think it's the end of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. or Harrison Ford Indiana Jones. Whether hey, I, 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 I reckon there will be another. Film. I reckon, like I said, I reckon there's you already know, they've already signed on for another movie. You know, money talks. So. I, I I hope that they keep to the words, sort of um, same sort of thing as the Back to the Future's promised. It will never be remade as long as there are the creators are alive. Oh mate, yeah, it's, but it's I, I hope they never recast. Imagine Harrison the, Ford. Could you imagine if if they remade the original trilogy? Yeah, could but could you imagine if they recast Harrison Ford? Like, yeah, what would you do? You can't give it you to can't. the only one that would could have possibly done it, and I think the fans would still would have gone. That's bullshit. Is Shia LaBeouf? You could have just had Mutt take over, but they killed him. He's so dead. yeah, they've killed him. They, there's no yeah. way. Oh, crossover in Vietnam. Well, I, 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 yeah. So uh, these are some possible Disney series. Yeah. So Mutt in Vietnam. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so blown up by Bounce and Betty or Salah's Taxi Salah's, Service yeah, ta- Salah's Taxi <laughs> Service um, a young Henry Jones senior yeah but who could play who could play Sean Connery though like don't know <laughs> get, one, oh, of, get oh. one of the actors for Bond <laughs> Richard Madden mm, yeah maybe oh, yeah sorry yo but Richard Madden you could do like show. an endor and get a really peripheral character and make it all about them yeah Mason, make a whole series Archimedes. of Mason. Make it about make it about the guy that Marion hits over the head with a pan. Let's see what his yeah. story ends up. Yeah. He probably got like brain cancer from it and died. <laughs> yeah. But I'd like to see where his story went. Sellers taxi service will be actually. Yeah. Quite yeah. What, what time are you on to? Just re- <laughs> remake. <laughs> re- remake. Um, Taxi with yeah. Danny DeVito, but just have it as Sal. Like Sal, Sal plays every character. Salah's taxi driver. Or you do it. I reckon. I am if, we, if we pitch that to Disney, yeah, we should. Salah, yeah. you talk, you talking to me. You talking to me. Do you know um, the Muppets always do like Haunted Mansion and stuff yeah. like that. Do do an Indiana Jones film where every character's a Muppet except Harrison Ford, where he's like indie yeah. and just do it as a series on Disney Plus like, series. Wrap it up like it's. It, at the end, it will happen in Harrison Ford's head after he's tripping on weed. No. <laughs> or have, obviously, Kermit the Frog be Indiana Jones, stuff like that, and have the only human character be, like, um, Salah. Again, <laughs> Salah's Taxi Service. We're gonna, I'm going to pitch that. We're going to all have to pitch that. Salah's Taxi Service, um, filmed in, like, the same way uh, Dry is. You know, like, from the, from the dashboard. <laughs> and this is why we'll never make it in the movie business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are original ideas. The <laughs> It's better than ND5, isn't it? Honestly, that is generally a right. good idea. This is a warning to anyone out there. If we ever see anything like that, come to what Copyright. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to take you to an industrial tribunal. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's, just the, it's just like a day in Salah's life. You yeah. know, gets the milk out of the fridge. Out of date. <laughs> Bad milk. <laughs> out of date. We could do like a, a Godfather 2 of, of Salah's story of coming over to the US. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The Young Salah Chronicles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how he's got like ninety grandchildren. <laughs> Do you know um, we haven't discussed the score yet? No. So was that next? Yeah, so, well, yeah we can do it. We've done it in every, every order. order. One yeah. thing I will yeah. say is one of my pet peeves is when uh, sort of revamped or, or remade or, or sequels that come years later in modern times from older movies 
they take the main theme and they slow it down and it happens all the time all movies but and it's no different in this one but I actually liked it yeah I thought I thought if I thought it actually fit this film and it fit in Daniel Jones and of course it's, it's John Williams who made his retirement and actually was like no I'm not retiring now so yeah, he can't, so can't leave it he has, to, he has to finish that and I think um, obviously from the opening scene I think the score was good very last crusade yes in, uh, in sort of nineteen forty. oh well you could hear the penitent man couldn't you yeah um, and then you had Ma- obviously Marion's theme mentioned a couple of times when he talks about her and then at the end of the film that's what again the waterworks that made me tear up his music and then my favourite piece is um Escape from Venice, like my favorite all-time yeah. Indiana Jones theme is Escape from Venice, and they had that in um, during the uh, tuk-tuk chase in um, Morocco. I did, I did most of it. I mean, it's so it's obvious that they should have done, which I'm I'm still glad they did it. Which is he took his previous Indiana Jones themes and sort of mingled them into yeah, new scores and also d- did them in a sort of a different um, arrangement sometimes mm-hmm. like the, of course the main score there's there's actually one original score for this movie that I liked and it was the sort of the eerie I don't know if you know I, I don't know obviously I don't know what the, the name of it is but when they go to the uh, cave in Italy and it was like that eerie music. Yeah, like Archimedes' tomb sort of yes. thing. Yeah, like that area. That, yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was quite good, and it sounded like like some that that belongs in an Indiana Jones movie. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. And it's pretty cool to see that John Williams is still doing new music. That he didn't just rehash the same. You know, he, he, no, like I said, he put he put them he put them in this film in like slightly different arrangements of stuff, which I like. Of course, you need that because um, that's for us sort of returning fans. Um, but yeah, I, I must admit, I, I did. I don't like when modern movies sort of um, rearrange uh, the main theme as a bit slower because it happens all the time. But in this one, in this film, I actually quite liked it because uh, it's the, the the trailer theme, wasn't it? Um, was the uh, uh, the main that theme really slowed big down? Sort of. Yeah. Uh, bah, bah, bah. I, th- I liked the trailer I thought, theme. I thought, I thought, it, was I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I, I liked. I, I think John Williams is still on form. Yeah. Ninety years old. Do you think that's his? Is that that is that his last film? Is that no. him retiring? No. So he he, he 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 announced it was going to be his last film, and he was like, "Actually, no, bitch, I'm coming out of retirement." So Jordan Belfort thing. Am I fucking leaving? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know what his next movie is going to be. Probably Indy Six. He's probably already signed on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's going to be a rearrangement of the Indy Five Tomb thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that probably like sped up, add some techno into it. It'll be sound. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what he's. Yeah. God knows what he does next. Probably another. It'll probably be a Star Wars project, won't it? Did he do any I mean, of the music Star for the Wars new one? He did. He did. Like that it was that Luf, Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, um, Ludwig Göransson did uh, Mandalorian. And he's done a couple of Star Wars projects since. Yeah. So I reckon. Who, I'll stick who with him. scored like the new, the, like the the sequels? Which did John Williams score the yeah, new films? Yeah, he scored yes. them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, maybe the next the the Ray film. Yeah, I th- that was what I was about to say. I think Please don't do that, John. So the, the next like big Disney Star Wars project coming out, mm. which you expect John Williams to compose for. Your, your talents deserve but, much more than the Ray film. Then again, James Mangold's got a Star Wars project, hasn't he? He does. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. he'll score for that. If he, if the hopefully touch wood, he's still around. Yeah, because that could come out. In if years. I tell you, if John Williams dies, someone better like Ouija board him in. It's not, it's not if, is it? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When be like, uh, 
Ludwig Gonsen's like, I need some new ideas, boss. Like Ouija boards, John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, overall, I just yeah, I think we're all in agreement that. Yeah, that I think I think you know what you're getting with really when good. you have John Williams for an Indiana Jones project. It's just going to be good music, and yeah. it it kind of encaptures the feel of of the film. So <clears throat> yeah. So I, I think we're, obviously we got favorite scene down, but I think we're all in agreement that the opening scenes. Opening scenes, the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I could easily rewatch that. that I scene, liked the like, opening and the ending. I think I do. I did well, like the last scene. Suppose it was only going to be five minutes, but they stretched yeah. it out to twenty-five and took them three years to animate it. Five minutes for the opening mm. scene. Three, three, three years. years. ILM took three years to animate. Jesus um, Christ. The CGI. Well, it was good. It was, yeah, it wasn't overworked. Yeah. Or, I think the, the the obviously it got. It was one of those films that was um, delayed because of COVID. Yeah. And I think Harrison Ford got injured a few times, which delayed. That's, that's just a filming. That's yeah, a standard so, indie thing, isn't it? Yeah. Break his back. Or, <laughs> And, so. and a part of it was also filmed in your neck of the woods, mate. Yeah, wasn't it? up in Yorkshire on the uh, North Yorkshire Moors Railway. And also, I believe that Joe the scene of Basil's house, yeah. that street was down Yorkshire, mm. I think, as well, wasn't it? Mm. Oh. Oh, even though I think he said there was, they were, he lived in Oxford, didn't he? Yeah. Because uh, I think there's a scene where <laughs> Helena's like, where's the photo taken? And he, and he was like, oh, it's in Oxford. Or oh, she says it's in Oxford. They doubled Oxford. For York, they they doubled Yorkshire for Oxford. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Castleford, mate. It's like it's like <laughs> Superman Four where they doubled Milton Keynes yeah. for New York City. Yeah. <laughs> so, anybody get any sort of last minute last? Just I I, I don't I think it's quite I think it's an okay film, but I would say it's the the best thing I can say about it is it's not it's inoffensive. Yeah, it's not offensive to. To India as a, as a character, um, to the law, uh, and I actually think that that King of Crystal Skull was a bit more offensive than this film. I just think that Crystal Skull had a bit more highs than this film. But I think if if you're an indie fan, you, you can go. It's, it's entertaining. I'll, I'll say that you know the action's really good. Um, don't expect like Godfather levels of writing, but um, I think it's a respectful. Yeah, like, it's like it, indie Dawn of Destiny is respectable end for him. I think that. Obviously, James Mangold did what he could. Yeah, John Williams he, brings he it together, mm. but um, it's not as offensive as something like the recent Star Wars films. No, that, oh, that hell no. Abs- absolutely ruptured people Me online. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm. I was happy with it, and yeah. I was more skeptical. I probably would have been more upset than maybe you um, if they'd done something stupid like kill him or give him some sort of like passing the hound mm. well, yeah I, I thought the film was inoffensive at least um, it's not flash levels um, I'd, I'd call it rewatchable. I know you, yeah. you're probably a bit I'd watch it if it's on but I'd, I think I'd, I'd, if, I'd, I'd if someone gave it. me a choice would you rather watch I'd, I'd still be picking something like Last Crusade Temple of the Originals mm. you always get some guy though I'd rather watch Indian Joe, Indian Joe's 5 than Razor Lost Ark but I mean your opinion's wrong but it's you your opinion that, there, there'll be children <laughs> there are a small amount probably of children who saw that and that's their introduction and even yeah. they probably still fell in love with it there's mm. obviously kids somewhere well, hopefully because you want, new, you want and new, they've, gone, new they've gone home and they've gone oh I'll, I'll watch the other ones and their yeah. parents have put that on for them and it's sort of bred a, a new smaller but a newer generation of fans so now they can find like mm. After watching Dial Destiny, then the originals, they realise how well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it was underwhelming, really. Yeah. yeah. They, just, they just seemed to lack inspiration and rehashing old stuff. 
as a standalone film, I'd say it was okay. But, but, but I like I said, in, though, in looking in the context of the whole indie franchise, I think yeah, it's the weakest one. I'd, I'd rather yeah, they rehash yeah. stuff than make a mockery of it, which of course happens. I think that's Star what Wars. still made me like it because I could see parts of the other yes. films in it. But uh, mm. yeah, like um, Robbo said, it, it, mm. I think it needed something more to it to sort of bring it together. A bit, bit of spice in there, you know. No, just like just not not copying ideas it's okay to have sort of references to like the like the where's it hurt scene or indie not liking snakes I said but outright sort of copying parts of the other films I think if, if, if they're going to copy it if they plan on copying <clears throat> prior movies just don't make the movie I think that's just, the I think smartest the, thing the blueprint for action scenes in indie is the original lorry chase with the arc yes. yeah. and the horses if they can replicate that then you're okay mm. I just don't think they just didn't have the same heart I don't think in the well that's, once again yeah. it's, it's, it, it's the thing as good as James Mangold is it, uh, Steve Spielberg just got the character of Indy and um, when you don't have when you, when you don't have him in an in, directing an indie movie some of that heart and charm mm. has gone away so uh, who knows what's what's next when Indiana Jones? Like I said, I, I do reckon there's going to be a number six. And I do reckon Harrison Ford is going to be in it. Um, so we just got to wait and see where where. Uh, and this is the thing. I'm I'm really scared because obviously we've seen how India, uh, how um Disney have have dealt with Star Wars, and I just hope that they've learned from their lessons and they just they they just don't make a mockery of of Indiana Jones because like I said, I, I don't think this movie. Has tarnished Indiana Jones whatsoever, so that's all. That's, it's that's not taken much away from him. No. It's added little bits, but yeah. I don't think it's not taken away enjoyment of me watching the other films. No, I don't exactly. watch it. I don't watch. I don't know Temple of Doom thinking, well, this character's going to end in this way. Like, yeah. it's not ruined the context, but yeah, I think my my final thoughts would be as I said, and uh, for Disney to listen to this podcast and <laughs> sign, <laughs> sign us onto the Salah. Spin-off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm going to be in court. You'll be, you'll be, well, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. just read that Lucasfilm have, have cancelled the planned prequel series to focus on Star Wars. So, Brilliant. You know. As someone who doesn't watch Star Wars that anymore or at all, um, thank you, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use a different word, but I don't want to join uh, Cheeto in court. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. Anything else anyone wants to add? No, I, I, th I think. I think, that's, I think we've wrapped it up very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think we've gone over everything. Yeah. Wrapped it up better than Indy 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's left. Grabbed that. <laughs> oh, that's left is to thank Soup. Thank uh, you for having Yobi. me. Thank oh, you. It's going to be obviously a regular member of the Film Geezers going forward. And Soup, you're always welcome, mate. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, thank Cheeto again. Thank you, Robert. And myself. <laughs> thank you. And uh, <laughs> Hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast.